Hi, everybody. Thank you, CJ. That was awesome for Tuesday morning. <laughs> I don't think you understand how happy I was when you told me the company was based in Israel. Like, I love doing bar bat mitzvahs. It's like what I do for a living. So when you told me that, I was like, oh, I get to play my songs that I don't get to usually play. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Good morning. And thank you for waking up at 7 a.m. <laughs> hey, I'm up, I'm up at 6 for the stocks. It's all good. <laughs> i love that cj thanks for the the song dedication of course of course my friend nice to meet you and and have fun in your spaces i'll be listening in <laughs> all right thanks all right thank you yeah so before we get started i know some people are coming into the room um right now um we'll get started soon um but i have a couple of questions so i'm wondering if you could share a heart if you have been using Twitter spaces to create content, I can share a heart because <laughs> I do it all the time. <sighs> okay. All right. And then share a clapping emoji if you're looking for new ways to repurpose your Twitter spaces audio content. Um, I'm always looking for new ways. <laughs> We're always looking for new ways. <gasps> All right, and then on to you, Caitlin. All right, thanks, Kelly, and good morning, everybody. Um, so just some background. Is everybody here new to Twitter Spaces? Or Sorry, are you new to Twitter Spaces? Uh, share a heart if you are looking to get into Spaces. Uh, you know, maybe you've listened, but you haven't really hosted yet. Uh, so share a heart. And then share a clapping emoji if you are a Spaces expert. You've held a couple, you've held or maybe just one, but you are confident in your abilities. But we always have stuff to learn. So uh, back over to you, Kelly. All right, thanks. So if you're new here, I do see some new faces here. And you know, if you're new here, my name is Kellyanne. I'm an entrepreneur. I have a few companies and I work at the intersection of Web 2 and Web 3, helping bring brands and people that are in Web2 into the Web3 space. And we like to focus on social good. I used to be a journalist and a blogger. And I worked with USA Today. And I had a blog that had like 3 million readers. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. Uh, now I run an agency that works on marketing communications. I have a live events company that's a Twitch partner. It's called HomeCon. And I recently this year, we started something called Into the Meta News, which is the first female-founded metaverse news agency. I know that's a mouthful, but <laughs> we do reporting in the metaverse. Um, we do a lot of Twitter spaces. Um, and right now I'm also working on a how-to course, how to use Twitter spaces with this cool guy who's in Australia who used to work with Founder Magazine. His name is Lucas. And I don't see him in here, but, <laughs> but he's a cool guy. So we're working on that. So that should be ready in about, oh, I don't know, a month or two. Um, I just wanted to do a quick um, little disclaimer before we get started. Um, I'm benefiting uh, from Audio Labs. I know Tomer's in here today, but I just wanted to make it clear that I'm using their tools as a beta user. So that means that we get to try out their cool new technology. And I somehow convinced Tomer's team to manage my YouTube channel. So <laughs> um, just be advised that this space recording will also be uploaded to YouTube by Audio Labs. And I'm very excited about that because as Caitlin can tell you, it's been difficult to put our spaces on YouTube. And Tomer and his team have uh, 
Um, they've created some cool technology that actually does it for you. <laughs> so hi, hi there, Tomer. How are you doing? Hey, Kelly. I'm doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here today. Um, if you all don't know Tomer, he is the co-founder and CEO at Audio Labs. He coded, I learned from internet research, he coded and sold his first website at the age of 16. And he has founded several startups in the media, tech, and influencer spaces. Um, he's also a Spaces host and a Clubhouse superstar. <laughs> uh, so, yes, very happy to have you. And I know a lot of people here are, like, really excited to hear from you. Yeah, great to be here. Um, I think that there's, as you mentioned before, even someone that's kind of been in this game, the social media game, the media, the influencer game a while, there's always new things to learn. And many of the things that um, planet, we're planning on talking about in this session are things, you know, we, I picked up maybe in the past few months. So things are changing. And uh, I think even, you know, the experts, whoever, you know, with air quotes, need to humble themselves and, you know, always uh, be hungry for the next uh, um, nugget of information. And that's uh, kind of my philosophy. Right. Things are changing quickly every day. And, and, you know, actually, Jacob, who's in here, he's the one who found you. He found your company. Uh, on Twitter, actually. <laughs> and he said, check this out. This is so cool. And so as soon as we looked, we were all about it. Um, we just wanted to learn more. Um, so can you tell us a bit about yourself and the companies that you founded before um, some of your background? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll talk a bit about my background. And also, I want to uh, tell an interesting story about how this whole company, this whole new startup uh, was founded, because it also was founded on social audio, and so we'll get then we'll get to that in a mo in a moment. Uh, I grew up in the states in California. Both my parents were engineers in the valley in the early '90s, uh, so I guess the apple didn't fall far from the tree. And uh, I got into coding at a pretty young age, around 14, perhaps even you know too young an age, uh, looking back. And um, I just always loved creating new things. And it started with, you know, simple HTML websites. And then uh, I got into e-commerce when I was uh, around 16, 17. This was back in the eBay days where uh, eBay was the main place to sell things. And, uh, and after that, I opened my own e-commerce store. And this is also before uh, Shopify and all the e-commerce platforms existed. So I had to code my own e-commerce store. Uh, yes, that means everything from the product listing page and you know the payment processing and the credit card things, and it was uh, it used to be, it used to take a, a long time. So anyone here that has a store with all these new Shopify's, be grateful that you're in the right generation. Um, yeah, it makes it feel like I'm really old, but I just get started pretty young. And uh, I've been a, a software engineer uh, for most of my life, and in the past. Five years, been more active in uh, founding companies. Um, my previous company was called Blush, and we work with Instagram influencers to get their images and their content repurposed by e-commerce stores. So let's say uh, you're browsing Amazon, you see a shoe you like, and we would bring, in, bring it into Amazon images of that shoe being worn by influencers on Instagram even if those influencers didn't necessarily tag 
the photo. So some interesting technologies, image recognition, um, and that kind of brought me to where I was a year ago when the whole social audio clubhouse started off. And that uh, is also an interesting story. Um, should we get into it, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, I would love to learn about that. <laughs> All right, so this was kind of back where I think it, I think we were in quarantine. So it was like at the beginning of 2021. And Clubhouse was just kind of, you know, uh, going crazy. Elon Musk and uh, everyone was on there. And I, I was attracted to the format. Something about this live audio really attracted. I, I couldn't exactly understand, explain why. Just something pulled me into it. And one day I was listening to a room uh, that Product Hunt was hosting on Clubhouse. And the founder, Ryan Hoover, who I've already kind of, you know, we've gotten a chance to know each other by, by now. But back then, I still didn't know who he was. He was talking about all these trends he's seeing in social audio. And he was talking about how uh, bullish he is on the format and how he's seeing other platforms like Twitter starting to uh, adopt into the, into the live audio as well. And he mentioned an interesting opportunity. He said he says, he's, he says, he's kind of uh, surprised he hasn't seen anyone um, trying to monetize Clubhouse, you know, um, facilitating between brand sponsorships and creators. And um, I was kind of available at the time. I was kind of looking for the next startup idea. And uh, I, I, me and my team, we jumped on the opportunity. And we, we launched a small thing that ended up becoming a, a bigger project called Club Market. And if any of you are in Clubhouse back then, maybe you heard about it. And it was a marketplace that we tried to connect um, sponsors with Clubhouse creators to get them paid and get them access to uh, monetization. And we manually kind of facilitated 30 or 40 sponsorship deals with different uh, Clubhouse creators, basically paying them for an hour of talking about a specific problem or product. And that worked really well and the creators loved it. But we did see that some of the advertisers, the sponsors, they weren't always satisfied because we couldn't track the rooms and they wanted the recording and it wasn't easy to get. And we had to record with, you know, a separate device on speakerphone. And Kelly, you probably remember this before the recording was kind of a feature uh, you have to kind of do it yourself. Um, so that that was a bit difficult, and they weren't there wasn't a way for uh, tracking clicks. So you know, if you have a call to action, you want users to do something, you can't actually track that or have a clickable link or anything that's you know um, uh, tracked. And those kinds of issues made us think, all right, it might be a bit too early for monetization. Um, let's start developing these tools that creators need, uh, help them redistribute their content, perhaps track analytics and manage this whole kind of hosting live audio rooms, which is a lot of work uh, and, and requires a lot of different skills and a lot of different tools to do properly. And uh, for the past few months, we've been working on this um, now startup. We've, uh, we just raised uh, $2 million and now we're building this kind of at a higher capacity. And our vision is to help audio creators distribute their audio to more and get more listeners. And if they want to turn this into a business, get them paid. And I hope today to kind of share 
some uh, hacks that you can do with your Twitter spaces, um, even without our technology. There's some things you can do just manually at first to get started. Uh, and I hope it helps some people here, you know, uh, look at this opportunity of live audio as a uh, head start into, you know, creating a media business, uh, which, you know, Kelly here, you're a great example of, you know, you took this whole thing and made it into something much bigger than just hosting a live show. Right. <laughs> yeah. When I first started using Twitter spaces and Clubhouse, I, w- I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking, oh, wow, it's like Twitter, but your talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then Twitter, you know, made me one of its um, uh, creators and they started paying me to host spaces. And I was like, okay, now Twitter's paying me. This is interesting. But, you know, that was just a you know pilot as they were getting things off the ground. And uh, then, you know, I started having brands come to me and I Actually, I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm just here to have fun. <laughs> and, you know, it was nice that Twitter was paying me, but, we're, you know, I'm just here to have fun. But, um, you know, now I'm seeing, you know, what a really useful tool this is for companies and getting the word out. And just like you need a social media manager or someone to create content, you need someone to create audio because that's the <laughs> the thing that people are doing now. And you know, people listen um, at all different times, all different time zones. So that's why I like what you're doing, because after we record these, you know, they're all different times. Not everyone can listen, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's live. And so we started recording them and then we're like, oh, great. Okay. We have a recorded version that's going to be on Twitter, but then we were like, oh, no, Twitter's going to delete that after 30 days. <laughs> so we started, you know, uh, requesting my Twitter archive, which is like the really manual, old school, hard way to do it. But you can request your Twitter mm. um, data archive. <laughs> the, da- the data dump. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can search through it and you can find like these funky like not even an mp3 things that need to be converted with software which caitlin does and probably hates me for it but like (laughs) i'm like caitlin i didn't even realize it was a different format and she's like oh yeah it's like a special twitter spaces you know format and you have to convert that to something that you can actually use in like a you know for our podcast or what you know whatever audiograms and things so it's a it's a long process (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting issue because, you know, we're creators. Our goal is we want to, you know, spend as much time as we can creating and not the busy work of, you know, everything around it. Um, we want to get to maximum distribution, right? We want our message to be heard by, by the most amount of people. But in the end of the day, you know, Twitter as a platform, they're not all, our interests always aren't always aligned. Twitter's interest is that you kind of stay on Twitter. Uh, they want Twitter to be your main ecosystem. They want other users to come to Twitter. Uh, but me as a creator, I, I, don't, I want my content to be everywhere. I don't want it to be exclusive Twitter. It's not like Twitter you know, paid me $100 million to be just on their platform. And Twitter, they're not making it easy to get your audio. And I think that's the reason it's not an MP3 file format. It's not because they couldn't. They're trying to make it a bit difficult. I think, you know, the only reason they have the download dump is because of, um, uh, you know, um, a law of privacy and data deletion. 
Um, so I think we have to remember that as creators, you know, we, we still have to kind of look at the, the world in our view and, you know, make a, and for me, that means a uh, multi-platform strategy. Uh, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket as uh, Kelly, I know you, you too, even, even if there is one platform, that's kind of your main hub. Um, what happens if tomorrow something happens with this platform, which could happen. Things happen in life. Right, right. I mean, we saw that with Vine. I had friends who were really super popular on Vine or Periscope, and then all of a sudden they're gone. <laughs> so exactly. yeah, that's that's why I definitely wanted to ha- you know grab the content. But yeah, it's definitely not not easy at all <laughs> to do that. But and I like to share, you know, on Facebook. My Facebook um, is also growing. My I love Twitter, of course, and I'm always here. But I have, you know, more than 100,000 followers on Facebook, too, who would like to hear what's going on, but maybe they don't use Twitter or don't know how. Exactly. I mean, today, as a live audio host, the only people that can listen to your content are, one, they have to be active on Twitter. So that's, let's say, 200 million people minus the bots. Two, they have to be active at the time that you're airing your live show. So that means in your time zone, approximately, and be available at that time. Um, or maybe catch the recording on Twitter, but usually that kind of falls down the algorithm within a day or two. And most of the people in the world won't fit into the intersection of these two groups. And um, by you know repurposing this content into other platforms, one, two, into... Um, uh, a format that won't be deleted in 30 days that offers a big, big opportunity. And just to kind of, you know, show you guys one example, we have a creator that's also in our better program. He hosts um, once a day on Twitter spaces. He gets around 500 listeners per session on the live. And that's great. It's a good amount, but on YouTube, he has 2 million subscribers and he posted a small recap of one of his Twitter spaces to his YouTube channel. And the, within the first 24 hours, he got 10,000 um, listeners. So that's 20x the amount of listeners just out of one segment from the live audio. Um, so that's kind of the potential here. Imagine, you know, if you can, if you have like a machine that automatically repurposes all of your content, maybe into shorter segments, longer segments on all the different platforms, that becomes a really interesting flywheel. And those are the strategies that, you know, super creators like Gary Vee, Naz Daily, these guys have teams of 20, 30 people in the background doing these kinds of things. Uh, yeah, it's not easy at all. And people think it's easy, but to do it the right way, it is definitely not easy. I mean, you can hop on here and just talk to your friends, but if you're doing it and you want to actually... Um, you know, get something out of it and you really want to help people and you want to make sure as many people as possible, you know, hear the content and learn and that you capture it. Cause like there are so many great nuggets of wisdom, you know, from people who come into spaces that are just gone forever, especially when people don't record. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, they're not recording, you know, <laughs> or, or if I'm listening, cause like a lot of people hop in and out, you know, so we run analytics on our spaces and we know that, you know, people come in and listen for 12 or 15 minutes. Um, also, there was the issue of, you know, people not even showing up if they're listening on their computer. 
Um, so I don't know if that's still the case, <laughs> but you know, people are listening on their computer. We can't even tell that they're listening. Um, so we like to look at the analytics and, you know, people will pop in and out. They'll come in for five minutes, have to leave, come back again during the space. And it's really interesting to see, you know, how people consume this. And then if you're not recording it and you're not capturing it, then they're missing it. Cause I do it myself. I'll hop in before a meeting and then I'm like, Oh, I gotta go, you know? And then I see the space wasn't recorded and then I'm like, oh, great. Like, I wanted to hear what, you know, whoever Gary V, let's say Gary V was going to say, or what did Gary V say? Because, you know, I hopped into a space. And I'm like, oh, Gary V's in there. Then he's gone. And I'm like, well, what did he say? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you know, and they didn't the record it. Strong, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's also why, you know, some platforms, um, also Clubhouse, were a bit reluctant to add recording because it is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, they want to, you know, encourage daily active users. They want users getting all hyped up, FOMO, and that means no recordings, right? You you catch it or you miss it. That's it. And but again, we as creators, I don't really care about Clubhouse daily active users. I want my message to be heard, and you guys want your message to be heard, and that's what matters. Um, and that's why it's important to kind of think beyond the specific platform and what they allow you to do and, you know, use third-party tools if needed, or if you have a budget for a team, that's even, you know, that's, that's awesome. Um, and, and as you said, I've probably hosted um, hundred live audio rooms in the past year, and I have a list of all of them. I have around 40 recordings. So most of them I missed. I didn't record them, or at least it didn't work properly, the recording. And, you know, that's uh sometimes I have trouble sleeping at night because of that. <laughs> All those gems that I missed out on. Right, right. And for a while, <laughs> just when things were glitchy, what we were doing is like Caitlin, she also I don't even know what you were using, Caitlin, but um she has something where she can basically, you know, record. I was also like recording on my second phone that I have because I have two phones because I'm a crazy person. And so I'd be like, okay, I'm going to record it on this phone and then I'm going to, you know, be on the other phone, like <laughs> just in case, you know, because like we've had some really, you know, interesting, really, you know, cool people in our, in our spaces that like, you know, may never, ever be in there again. And um, you definitely definitely don't want to miss it. You know, like if Elon Musk pops into your space, you want to capture it. You never know. <laughs> exactly. And, and everything on live audio will happen exactly once the way it was. Um, everything is spontaneous, dynamic. People come in, people come out. You want a record of this. And um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, having two devices. And that means you can't use your AirPods. You have to kind of talk on speakerphone, which isn't always the most comfortable. Um, but yeah, um, especially if you're thinking or working with sponsors, sponsors are definitely definitely going to need that recording. They're going to need the analytics, as, a, as Kelly mentioned. And if you don't have that, or you're not even building a kind of a, a database of how many listeners you got and, you know, showing your progress over time, it's a disadvantage on securing sponsorships and, you know, turning this hobby into a business. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of good reasons to, uh, you know, start taking these things uh, more seriously. Right, right. And if you do a good job, you can actually turn it into a business because what's been happening for me is like for a while, I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm not going to do it. But then the brands were like, oh, we'll pay this. Wait, we'll pay more. We'll pay more. And then I got to the point where I was like telling 
like Jacob and Kayla and I was like, guys, um, you know, uh, we could end up literally <laughs> like doing spaces and having me host stuff. And at some point I could see me hosting events, literally making more than like my agency's making <laughs> because it's just like so in demand right now, you know? And it's just getting started in the same way that, you know, seven, eight years ago, nobody thought that an influencer would get $20,000 for posting a picture on her account or his account. Um, and today that's the norm, right? You have a lot of influencers making millions of dollars. Um, we'll, we'll see the same thing with live audio. Some people will be able to sit on the beach somewhere in Bali and uh, join a live, uh, host a live audio discussion about something that they're passionate about for an hour a day even and make thousands or if not tens of thousands of dollars for that one session. And already today, I know people that are making five, six, maybe, well, still not seven, but six, six digit um, incomes from uh, live audio or mostly live audio and other similar things. Um, so it's starting to happen and we're going to see it happen more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically I, yeah, I mean, we're basically like already there with that. And I, and I'm like, okay, I'm making like a person's extra salary just from like events, live events and stuff. So it's definitely been like eye opening for me these past several months because it's gone from like, Oh, look, this is cool to like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) this could actually be a job. I never really thought of myself as an influencer, but, um, you know, um, I, I do love hosting spaces. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a new type of skill. It's even, you know, it's like a sub niche of uh, being a creator. Being a good moderator requires um, domain expertise and people skills. And, you know, um, it's a lot of things that, you know, aren't easy to do. And it's a skill, uh, but you can get better at it. And, um, you know, audio is a medium which many people are more comfortable with, you know, most people are, are a bit too shy to star in a YouTube video. Maybe they don't tweet. They don't write well enough to be a Twitter star. But most people share a passion about something. And audio and live audio specifically is a very, very interesting format to get started. Um, I would say even there's a lot of advantages over podcasting. I, I'm also a podcaster. And you know, podcasting, um, the editing that, that podcasting requires um, makes it much harder than live audio. You know, here you kind of do your thing and just upload it as is. Usually it doesn't require much editing and it makes it much kind of funner and uh, uh, much some, something that I can imagine myself doing for years and years and years. Yeah, and I look at it as like, okay, this is the foundation of all of this content that we're going to be able to create. So, you know, you host it live, you have a conversation, And then from there, you know, you can repurpose this content, like what we're recording right now can be repurposed into so many things, which I guess brings us to (laughs) what are some of your (laughs) favorite ways to repurpose content? (laughs) All right. That's the, yeah, it took us a few minutes to get to the the actual uh, content. I know, I know, because we're just talking. uh, (laughs) It's a good thing you stopped me. We could have, I could have went on for hours. I know. I know, me too. <laughs> I can just talk and talk and talk about it. <laughs> okay, so let's go. Let's, let's talk about the list of the my top seven hacks for how you can um, leverage your Twitter spaces. Number one, 
and this kind of is obvious from everything I talked about up to now, you have to record your sessions. Without the recording, none of these other, um, uh, my other tips would actually work. You need the recording, um, ideally as a file um, on your computer. That is kind of step one of, of everything. And there's, there's a few different methods how you can do this, um, specifically for Twitter spaces. Um, you can download it officially through the Twitter um, settings, download your data. It takes, I think, a few minutes or a few hours, depends on your account size. And then you have to extract the audio from these um, folders and convert it into an MP3 file. That's one way you can do it. The second way, there are a few different, you can also record it manually. So um, as, as Kelly mentioned, you can uh, start having your Twitter spaces on speakerphone, bring another device and actually just click record and record that audio. The, this method wouldn't be the recommended one if you want high quality because you'll have kind of some, um, some um, reduction in the quality because it's over speakerphone. Um, and the third way is that there's a few different tools that are being developed by other companies, not Twitter officially, that they allow you to download um, Twitter spaces. Um, the company that I founded, Audio Labs, we have a tool like this as well, but uh, also some other companies are building it, like uh, I think Headliner has one as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, I'll try to pull up a link here. Maybe we can put a link to um, the, the page where you can download the, the Twitter spaces. So I'll see how I do that in a second. Um, Kelly, do you also have a, what's your, what, what's your number one? Oh list. gosh. Yeah. I mean, I do think we used headliner before we've, we have used different things and I've seen companies, you know, try to do different things. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh my gosh, what is our favorite Caitlin? Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I like the audiograms and, uh, mm. I know that I'm, you know, going to like YouTube really. I mean, I think that's going to be, <laughs> I think that's going to be my favorite and like just being able to, um, you know, put the audio on Facebook too, because I, I know I'm going to get a lot of listeners there because I mean, just when I've been playing around, not doing anything, like just being like, okay, we're going to go live, um, <laughs> you know, and then having the replay. I, I think the last time I did that, which, I, which it was a while ago, but um, I mean, I think then 70,000 people ended up, you know, listening to that and it was nothing. It was just me rambling. So I, I'm excited to, you know, offer content there that people can actually use instead of me just rambling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So I'm going to get, I'm going to post this link here in a second. Let's do that right now. All right. I think, so I'm adding in here in the chat. I hope everyone sees the chat. Um, if not, let's also maybe pin it. All right. There we go. All right. So I added here a link. So if you guys want to download this, this is a very simple page. You just paste a, your Twitter space uh, recorded session. So it had to be recorded on Twitter in the past 30 days. And uh, this tool will email you the MP3 file. So you can also kind of save that link. So next time you have a session, you can pull that MP3 file. Because again, this is, the, this is the number one thing you have to do. Um, without that, you can't do all other steps. Yeah. And I love this and I have used it. So I did a space last week. I used it for that space. 
And then I got the file in my email and I didn't have to wait 24 to 48 hours for Twitter to send me the archive and then, you know, having to search through. And then Caitlin, like, it basically cut the process down by about 36 hours to make a long story short. (laughs) Um, And I was able to get it like the same day. And I, you know, sent it over to the team that worked with me on the space and exciting it was very exciting because <laughs> at first I was like okay how long is this going to take and it just auto it was basically automatic yeah so this is actually a funny story how this product was developed uh, I host a uh, weekly Twitter spaces uh, in the tech scene here in, in Tel Aviv and uh, I, I started I wanted to publish as a podcast a few months ago this was before we developed uh, the tool itself I just manually wanted to do it so I needed to download the space. I knew that much. So every t- every week after the session, I would um, I would actually code a app. I would you know kind of open my my programming uh, station and uh, code something that would actually pull the Twitter space and do all this work. And you know it took a few hours to write the, the script. And I would find myself every time having to like run this program and you know everything. So I asked my uh, CTO eventually, can you just make a nicer version? That I just input a link and it emails me back the file. And uh, so it kind of started as an internal problem we had, I had. And uh, now it's kind of one of our uh, early growth products. So, um, yeah. 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 I love it. It's really easy <laughs> to make a long story short. All you do is you put the URL for your space in there, click, and then it will email to you. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I told my partner, like, Make it super simple. I don't want to start logging in, registering, all that stuff. Just give me a, I'm going to put a link in, give me a file out. That's it. Simple, simple. Um, all right. Let's move on to number two. So repurposing as a podcast. Um, you know, there are more than, I think, 40% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast in the past 30 days. So podcasting is becoming very, very big and very mainstream. And if you can take the audio from your Twitter spaces and throw it into one of the podcasting hosting services like uh, Anchor, for example, you can even add some music in the beginning and the end, quickly add that in. You can basically convert your entire Twitter space shows into a podcast and every new session would be a new episode. And then people can tune in on Spotify and Google Podcast, Apple Apple Podcasts, and all the other um, podcasting apps, um, because podcasting uses a very familiar technology, R- uh, RSS, so it can quickly be distributed to many channels that support audio. Uh, and that's something you guys can do um, yourselves. You can use the tool that I pinned here to download the audio file. You take that audio file, you can open an account on Anchor or any other podcasting service and manually op- you know, upload that audio file and you know, uh, fill out the title, description, all these things, and then you would have a podcast. Yeah, hey, I love that. Are you, are you guys doing these things as well? Yes, we are. Yes. So, yes. So Caitlin's taking the audio and for Into the Meta, the Metaverse news site, what we're doing is, yes, we are turning it into a podcast, which is basically a replay of the Twitter space. Mm-hmm. And we're using Anchor, yeah, and it's really easy. It distributes it, it puts it on Spotify, <laughs> basically just distributes distributes for you. Exactly, and then and then this content is 
also um, made much more accessible to all of the uh, probably billions of users that listen to Spotify, Apple, or Google podcasts. People can follow your podcast internally within Spotify, Apple, Google, and then they'll get push notifications when there's a new episode or a uh, update there. So you can also help you start building a subscriber list in each app. And this content will live forever. That's kind of uh, the obvious one. You know, after 30 days, it'll be removed from Twitter. And uh, even if Twitter, you know, um, changes this 30 days to 60 days or 90 days, um, it'll likely have an expiration limit. And he, on the podcast, it can always live. And, you know, some, some episodes get popular a long time after they were recorded. You know, one day uh, someone posts a link to it and then it kind of gets viral. So you want that kind of ability for your content to, you know, slowly be accumulating as an archive. Right. And I think one of the most disappointing things <laughs> was when uh, I did a space uh, with uh, SHIB, the Sh SHIB token, and I believe, how many was it, Kate? Was it like 155,000 people, I think, listened to that? Yeah, it was almost a quarter of a million. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, okay. It was more than 155. Yeah. So all those people listened, you know, to the, the replay and more people were trying to listen. And then it disappeared at the 30 day mark because people were still wanting to listen because SHIB has millions of fans. And so that happened. There was another one with like, I don't even know, 30,000, you know. And so they're obviously popular spaces but then they were just deleted <laughs> forever. And, you know, I wish I would have, you know, had a tool like this to capture them so that, you know, we could have posted on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's podcast, all right? That's number two. Um, number three is uh, converting this as a YouTube video. So, you know, right now it's an audio file. Um, but if we take this audio... Right, and we convert it somehow into a video, um, and we'll talk about how we do that in a second. And we can upload to YouTube. There are two and a half billion users, active users on YouTube, and many of them are listening to podcasts and or looking for audio-based content just on YouTube. And uh, this is also, you know, a big part of the YouTube Premium. People that you can listen to the audio and close the screen. So some of them don't have the screen on even, and um, we're seeing some really interesting uh, situations where a Twitter space host, which usually gets hundreds, would now get thousands or tens of thousands of listens on YouTube. And um, YouTube is also integrated into, YouTube has monetization. So if you have a channel on YouTube and I think it's over um, 10,000 subscribers or a thousand, I'm not exactly sure, then you can access the monetization of YouTube. So that audio content, when it's repurposed to YouTube, would be eligible for direct monetization on YouTube. So that's also a very relatively quick path to monetization from your audio content. Um, and to do this, right. um, there, are two, there are two ways. One is manually creating the video. So that means pulling the audio, as we said from the MP3 file, um, adding into some kind of video production software, uh, it could be After Effects or any other, um, adding the adding something in the background, it could be the list of speakers or the speaker images 
or a nice graphic or maybe something animated would be best and kind of doing all that and you know it usually requires some skills in uh, editing and audio editing and video editing um, or you can use um, software to do it and we're one of the vendors we're one of the companies that are developing software for these things so we have a new tool that we launched last week and uh, um, Kelly is a beta member which um, how it works is that we automatically pull your Twitter spaces after you finish the session. We convert it into a video using our software with a predefined template showing the speakers and uh, different things. And we upload it directly to your YouTube channel. So you actually add our, um, our system as a, uh, as a uh, editor of the channel, which gives us privileges to add new videos. And this will just be added a few hours after your Twitter space ends, uh, which minimizes a lot of the manual work, which up to now is usually required. Um, and that, and that, in that way, you can get your um, content to YouTube. Yeah, and that process takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, creating some sort of graphic. Another thing that we've tried is capturing through, like, a screen video capture and mm. then, you know, trying to do that on, you know, the desktop version of the space. Yeah, Caitlin's got her hands up because, yeah, she knows the pain and suffering of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so, so yeah. how long does that usually take to do manually? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. How long, Caitlin? <laughs> Um, if I do a screen recording, then it, it's just basically however long the space is. Um, so it's, it's, I can do it in the background. We work, you know, remotely, but still it does take time. And if something happens, because it will occasionally when you're listening to a recording and it just cuts off, then it, you know, adds time to have to edit things out. But um, yeah, so about an hour, I'd say. Yeah, but then mm -hmm. for the other kind um, that we do, you know, for ourselves and clients, it's like, creating the graphic or creating some kind of animation. So like, how long does that take pairing the audio <laughs> and then, you know, doing the animation or static image that plays, you know, when you're basically making it like a super long audiogram for YouTube? Yeah. So for audiograms in general, they can take a couple hours just because you have to listen to the audio and cut and chop and cut and chop and sort of do that over and over um, but for longer audiograms, I'd say it takes up to 90 minutes, um, depending on how fancy we're going. Um, but yeah, so, so I'd say anywhere between 90 minutes to a couple hours, depending on how long we want the audiograms and how many we want. Right. Yeah. 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 I know that when I tried, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> this is nuts. This takes forever. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, also remember that it's an hour or, or so every time you do a Twitter space. So um, as a creator, you know, we always want to create more and more and more. I, I believe actually in quantity. Uh, I think, you know, creating content like audio content, it's hard to predict what's going to work. And I think that the best way is just be consistent. You know, do something that's relatively easy for you to do, like talk about a, a subject you're passionate about. Do it often enough. Uh, so that means re re removing friction from the process. And I think eventually you're going to find your niche and you're going to build an audience and you'll find um, advertisers and sponsors and all that things will happen if you do those two things. And if you're consistent enough, 
and um, you're not looking for you know instant success. And uh, I also started doing these things, but every time if you gotta spend an hour on this, an hour on that, an hour on this, then if you're talking for let's say half an hour, an hour on live audio, and you have like four or five hours of work before, after all these things, then you're limited by the number of sessions you can actually host. Uh, maybe you can do once, one a week, two a week, but um, you know some people are doing three, four a day, and when you're doing this, these kinds of quantities, you can actually do all these things we need to do without a team, which also requires um, capital, and you need, you, have, you have you should be making money if you have a team. So um, before making money from sponsorship, you might not have uh, enough money to hire a team um, to help out. So. It is important, you know, that you'll be able to start relatively uh, lean. Yeah, and and I'm lucky. I mean, there in the past I was not as lucky, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, but now you know I'm lucky because I have an agency and we've been doing this for clients. So we've been treating like me and my spaces as a client. So, but I know like not everyone has that. They don't have a team that they can use. But also even if you do have a team, why, like why, you know, take up people's time when you can use a tool, like one of the tools that you've created. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, even if you have, let's say you have unlimited resources, right? Let's take Gary V, for example. Um, we're actually talking to him now as a, as a user. Uh, he has a team of 20, 30 people doing all these things that uh, Caitlin here is uh, also doing uh, for all the different channels, all different ways, every second of the day, and it's a lot, a lot of work, and it's tough. So even these teams need tools to do their job better, more efficiently. Um, and I think that's the potential here. Once we're able to you know, build software that automates part of these things, um, the growth will be just crazy. Because um, I'll, I'll kind of give you an example of where, the, where I see the future in a year or two. Let's say you do a, a one-hour Twitter space. All right, that's your kind of... That's your, uh, your main content. Now, a big part of this one hour would, won't be probably interesting. There'll be certain moments that are the most interesting as expressed by number of emojis given uh, or comments or chats or clicks or some kind of engagement. And um, right in this one hour, uh, probably there's going to be a few moments where you know, you'd want to like, share this moment with other people. And if we had a way, for example, to pull out a two-minute snippet of only the top moments of the, of the room, and it's not easy to understand what are the top moments from a, a computer point of view, and we'd be able to take these two minutes and then uh, create an audiogram and, we, and share this on YouTube Shorts and TikTok and Instagram Reels and um, have everything kind of um, pointing the users you know, giving them like a little nugget and telling them, listen, if you want to listen to the whole episode, here's the podcast link. And after the podcast, you get them to kind of join your community, maybe. So you can kind of have this whole um, content machine working to, um, you know, to better your community and your media business. Um, and that's kind of also my number four, um, creating audiograms. Uh, Kelly mentioned before. I've been doing this for a while. I love it. Um, so I've been doing it actually manually for a long time. So after the, the Twitter space or the clubhouse, 
Yeah. So, sorry, someone called me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh no, we're getting robbed. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. Just uh, the, the real yeah. world for a moment uh, interrupted yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. We're trying to hang out in the metaverse here or the, <laughs> the Twitter space verse. Yeah. I don't know. Twitter verse. <laughs> it was actually uh, my girlfriend. She's probably going to be pissed that I uh, rejected her call. But um, live is live. What can I tell you? Um, so um, I've, I've been doing this for a while. So you take, you take the audio file and you can use uh, different programs to find out um, snippets. And I choose to cut them at two minutes maximum because this is uh, also the maximum length that Twitter allows you to upload as a video. So if you have a three-minute snippet, you won't, you won't be able to upload that as a native video to Twitter, uh, which means you can only upload it as like a YouTube or VMO link, which isn't the same. Um, so I use um, Descript and a, a program called getaudiogram.com. So with Descript, you can kind of see the whole um, uh, transcript of the room, assuming it's in English or one of the supported languages. And uh, you can kind of cut out a, a snippet there. You can remove some words if you want and edit it. And you can just kind of extract that as an audiogram, which is basically a video where I usually put the, the speaker in the background with kind of like a transparent background. And then you have the, the words, kind of the lyrics um, on the screen and maybe the kind of the topic or the question he's answering at the top. And this becomes a great piece of content. Um, it doesn't work as, as well on every platform. Some platforms are more optimized for these kinds of things. Um, actually, I heard the really great things about TikTok. So these kind of things are perfect TikTok videos um, or Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts. Uh, YouTube Shorts is YouTube is actually uh, promoting their shorts now because they really want to compete with TikTok. So I heard people that are um, creating shorts are getting crazy exposure in the in the past few months. Um, so this so here I don't know any way to do it automatically, and also we 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 have we haven't developed anything for this yet. So the best here is to do it manually with one of these programs like Descript or Get Audiogram or Headliner, uh, which requires you kind of to drag and drop and choose which moments, but you, you couldn't get it done within like half an hour or so for each one. Um, and, you know, actually right now I have one of my freelancers just messaged me and sent me a few audiograms from our session last night. And I'll be sharing that with the speakers as well. Uh, so they can share it on their social media feeds. Um, what about you, Kelly and Caitlin? Do you guys have an interesting way how to create these audiograms? Yeah, <laughs> we have an interesting way that takes several people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the process goes, yeah, it's getting the audio. And then we also have these graphic templates. And um, we have someone on the team, Ira, who's been helping with that. And uh, she basically makes them into audiograms. But as far as like transcribing, and I know um, we had talked about that before, <laughs> um, you know, just, you know, putting the, the text on there, you know, transcribing. So it does take a little bit. I don't know if there you have more you want to add <laughs> to that, Caitlin. So Caitlin is head of our um, production. So she knows more than I do when it comes to this. But um, I, I know there are a lot of steps <laughs> and it takes a while. 
Yeah, we we rely on headliner as well uh, for our audiograms, but it there's a process before we even get to headliner. Um, you know, we have to convert it to MP3, and then if you have multiple people speaking, uh, when you're grabbing the quotes, you have to make sure you have the right person. Mm. Um, so when we did International Women's Day back in March, we had you know almost 20 speakers, I think, and. I wanted to grab quotes from all of them. So that was a process and a half of going back and seeing who was speaking when. And, you know, wanted to make, you got to make sure you have the right person. And sometimes our identities aren't exactly out there and you have to figure that out. But uh, so I take the audio, I convert it and I chop it. And then we send it to Ira who makes it pretty. Um, and then I go and I double check to make sure everything is spelled correctly and try to find any errors. Um, but other than that, that it, it is a, it is a process. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 It's a tough one. Um, and it's also sometimes tough for my team that works with me to understand which parts of the session were actually, you know, the, the amazing parts. Uh, Cause usually only someone that was in the room or listened to the whole event and it has context can actually, you know, decide on that two minute. So I assume that's why um, you kind of split it into two parts. So first you choose the topic and then someone else makes it pretty. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause I, I'm, I'm usually moderating and if I'm not moderating, then I'm in the space. So I go through back and pick out good quotes and topics and then she finishes. Uh-huh. Very cool. All right. Um, now we're at number five. Okay. So we're almost finished. Number five. Uh, I've do this for, I did it for several rooms. I don't do it often because it takes a lot of effort to convert into a blog post. All right. So here the idea is to take the one hour audio recording of your live space and turn it into a, a blog post or a written summary. And it depends kind of on the session itself. So I've been doing this uh, for, we also do this for a few of our creators that work with sponsors um, so usually it would be either a kind of uh, 400 word, um, you know, summary um, and topics, kind of like a checklist of what was talked about in this session. Or if it was an interview, which is often the case, let's say um, one of our sponsors, um, you know, works with the creator to interview their CEO or something. And then, you know, it's kind of a question and answer format. Then we would have, we would find the top 10 questions that were asked and kind of separate it within a question, answer. And then for each one of this, uh, we'd also create an audiogram that you can kind of listen to on the web. And what happens here is that Google indexes this text and Google also gives perf preference to content which was uploaded recently. So let's say there's a room talking about some new crypto project. And let's say that room was one of the, was one of the people being hosted in this room. And let's say you transcribe that into a blog post and Google indexes it within a day. And uh, one of the topics was uh, why is um, Shiba dropping today? And anyone that searches that on Google, uh, Google would want to show the answer, which came from a live audio just 12 hours ago. That will be the most recent information. And um, we've seen some of these blog posts that we created a year ago, half a year ago, are now getting hundreds of hits organically from Google. 
just by people searching these keywords and these questions and you know things that were mentioned. Yeah, one thing that we're doing is before spaces. So uh, for Into the Meta, what we're doing is weekly spaces on um, women who rock, <laughs> uh, female creators in the NFT space. And so, you know, when Miranda's hosting those beforehand, even she's uh, starting the blog. So we have the background and everything. And then after the space is done, we link that. But then after the more permanent, you know, podcast or YouTube video in the future <laughs> is done, then, you know, we'll go ahead and drop those in too so people can learn more. So that's one thing that we've been doing. Um, and then there are also services that can transcribe. So we've done that manually and we've also used services to do that. Have you guys used a service that knows how to create, um, not transcription, but kind of a, a ready to publish blog posts? Oh, gosh, I have in the past used, you know, services like that. But um, yeah, but right now, we basically just, <laughs> we're, you know, writing and uh, we talked about doing a Q&A format, but I mean, with an hour, that's super long. <laughs> so <laughs> what we've basically been doing, and I think what Anthony, he uh, has, does our web development and uh, heads up SEO, he says, you know, we have to have, you know, a minimum of like, you know, so many words. So I think it's like ideal. I don't know. Jacob knows better than I do, but I think it would be like around 400 words minimum um, for SEO. Mm -hmm. And then you link, link, you know, to the audio file or we're hoping that what we also do in the future is, you know, embed the YouTube video mm -hmm. so people can listen there. Yeah. Yeah. The YouTube or made the, also the podcast link. Um, those are great. Both great. Um, Kelly, I have a few more things, but maybe do we want to have some time for Q&A? I did see some people asking some uh, questions. People were requesting. Um, yeah, because I, I want to yeah. go a little bit. I, I want to make sure we, we get to some people. If, uh, so if anyone wants to ask a question, um, feel free to uh, raise your hand. And um, yeah. while that's happening... I'll quickly talk about the last two things, the last two uh, hacks. So number six, uh, all of these assets that we mentioned, blog posts and the, the audiograms and YouTube video and the podcast and everything, share these assets with the speakers and the co-hosts and, and the guest speakers of the room. Um, I usually host three or four people and uh, I try to send them everything within 24 hours. And, you know, I would say probably 50% of them share something either the snippet or they share a link to the podcast or something and um, it also helps if you can create a specific graphic that kind of focuses on them as a person you know because people do like to see themselves in the you know starring in a show and um and kelly did a great job with that with me i uh, it worked exactly as i i, I teach people i saw myself and you're in a really nice graphic which was a video graphic and instant share and retweet. Um, I'm curious, how did you guys uh, produce that? A number of ways. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we're getting really good, even if we have, you know, a, a graphic designer make something. What we do is we also have a, a Canva Pro subscription with all team members on there. And we have, you know, shared um, area in Canva. 
And so even if it's something that's being custom created by a graphic designer, uh, we'll put it in there and make templates. So it's, Mm. you know, easy to do. Yeah. So for different shows, uh, because the goal is, you know, we don't want everyone to have to know how to use Adobe Photoshop, you know, or Adobe products. So we'll take a background or something and then we'll put it into Canva and share that with the team. So, you know, anyone can go in there and do, you know, a quote graphic or, um, you know, make an audiogram. Canva's actually getting into audio too, um, but they're not, you know, as advanced as other tools like Headliner. Mm -hmm. Understood. So, okay, really cool. Um, Oh, we have someone here? Yes, we do. A YouTuber. He's a uh, famous crypto YouTuber. He um, (laughs) has shows about Chia. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Kellyanne. I don't know if I would go so far as say famous, but... uh, I'm saying you're famous. You're definitely Chia famous for sure. Crypto famous. You know, Chia Chia famous. famous. I'll take that. Uh, And, you know, this is something that I've got to say, I look at from... And I'm a software developer also, and actually me and Kellyanne worked uh, in the past together. But um, I'm thinking of this in the terms of, like, clustering and ml and so are you guys using any software that gives you sort of like an intercluster similarity analysis between your segments so like a twitter segment maybe a spaces segment and maybe also a youtube segment so that you can see what kind of intercluster similarities your audiences share and could actually reinforce that segment is there any tools you know of that do that for sna Whew. wow how was uh advanced question so you're asking if there's any way to kind of see similarities between audiences and different social media platforms yeah like is there a tool set that you have that does like cluster analysis on you know like your twitter followers and also your youtube you know cohort and comes up with like Um, similarity maybe through nltk or something so that's kind of i would kind of separate that to two questions one is how do you actually get a list of all your followers that is probably easier to solve with scraping and crawling. Um, the second is how you actually compare these people or see if, you know, this person that follows you on YouTube, if does he follow you on, on Twitter or does he have a Twitter account and he doesn't follow you? Um, I actually don't know any of these. I don't know something in the, in the second bucket with comparison. Um, I'm curious, what's your um, kind of, what are you trying to solve? Yeah, so I'm trying to find interest categories that are similar between the two audiences because I feel that I speak to two different groups of people on the two different platforms. And I know, like, yes, Chia is an overlap, uh, but I'm looking for those items that would be in an... So I know also, like, for sure, you can use Twitter's APIs to get your followers and then you can do analysis on them, uh, social network analysis, and find out, like, what kind of stuff they're talking about when they're talking about it and do like some, you know, kind of clustering of common topics and common, you know, sentiments, if you will. And then to be able to do that on YouTube, they have APIs also. So you, I, I mean, theoretically, you should be able to do this. I was just wondering if there's a tool that already does do it so that you can say, hey, you know, um, my audience is primarily interested in Chia. They're also interested in Linux system administration or fiber optic networking high-speed compute or high-performance, uh, you know, engineering, 
like what are the other things that people are talking about that kind of discovery of yeah. how I expand on talking about things that they enjoy kind of i mean, the, the the most the closest thing i've seen was on direcon which is a social analytics company um i think when i was hosting a clubhouse room they might have shown me topics that your audience or other rooms that your audience listens to that i think was the closest thing i've seen um but yeah you're looking kind of for common topics in the overlap between two audiences um yeah unfortunately i don't think many people um are um as deep as you to actually ask that question so i haven't heard about any companies building solutions for these things Yeah, I use that platform too and you know, it'll show you the percentage of men, the percentage of women in your Twitter space and also the ages, age range and you can extract if you want the handles of people who are in your spaces. Um it also show, you know, stickiness. Like actually I just pulled up the one from Chia <laughs> to see what I could see on here when we did Chia. It had 34% stickiness. Um which is you know, cool to see, um, basically meaning that 34% of people stayed in. Usually it's a lot lower because people like pop in and out in and out, but they did stay in there. It's um, like fanboy to right? Like we are the ultimate fanboy cluster grouping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Jacob does a lot of this, like when we are working on campaigns with clients where like, you know, we'll look at, I mean, he could tell, <laughs> he could, like reveal a lot more about this but you know we will look at you know twitter followers and basically try to extract uh information or characteristics from their profiles so you know it, it takes a lot of like back end work to like you know take this social audience and that one and then extract things maybe that they have in their profile or something like that and um yeah <laughs> but that's as far as we get i think i don't know if i'm missing something and i don't know if Jacob can comment, but um, yeah. Well, thanks for answering, and I, I've appreciated the insight into how things are happening for y'all, and it really is, you know, insightful to share those kind of things. I know that I get bogged down in the trenches also when it's like, it's fun to produce it, but boy, editing it, oof. Amen, amen. I, uh, one of my, one of my, uh, My guilty thoughts is always my podcast. I always have a backlog of like four episodes, which I have to edit. And I usually do it like weeks after. And then I'm like, is this already relevant? Is it already obsolete? Because I waited so long. If I wait another week, will I actually not have to do it anymore? <laughs> and um, that's what I hate. I hate about it, you know, the editing. And I'll, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that these kind of talks, the live talks, which will appear in a podcast and it won't be edited. And there'll be the occasional filler words and ums and hums and all these things. We won't all sound amazingly professional, but I think people are fine with it. You know, it's more authentic and um, yeah, allows you to, to create more consistently. Yeah, I was trying to be a perfectionist, but I decided no, because I'm just not. And so, <laughs> um, you know, because like a lot of the podcasts are so like radio-ish you know and I've heard people doing spaces where they're like hey everybody welcome to the show and blah 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 and next up and I'm just like what are you doing <laughs> like what are you doing right <laughs> now because this I 
feel should be more of a conversation, but I guess it could be anything you want. But it's kind of like I, I, I was worried about, you know, making a podcast out of these because they are, you know, spaces tend to be pretty casual. But, you know, people are listening and I think they like that and they understand it because you're not just like up there like you're lecturing to a class. <laughs> exactly. Something. Yeah, exactly. And, and even the small talk, which I had a few sponsors that said um, we want to uh, we want to publish this as a podcast, but let's remove all the small talk, you know, the chit chat, all that kind of stuff, the fluff. And uh, after removing it, it was pretty boring. It was like a lecture. I felt like I was in college and I was in a lecture. And um, a lot of times listening to the small interactions between the speakers is actually what makes this thing a magical place. And that's the power of social audio. It's not a monologue. It's not even a dialogue, right? It's a group setting. And we have also some spontaneous speakers coming in. And every new person can change the whole mix of the conversation. And um, it's hard to script as a podcast. This, you know, has to happen. Mm-hmm. This is like reality TV. <laughs> this is reality. This is reality. Reality audio. Oh, I think CJ Live has <laughs> reality TV. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, CJ has a question. Hey. Hey, guys. Um, great information I've learned so far. Um, didn't even know half this stuff was even possible. Um, but the question for me is you know, I'm, I'm a two person team. You know, me and my fiance work together on a lot of stuff that we do. Um, and just trying to be able to post on like all platforms is definitely like so tricky for me because you know I use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I try to use my YouTube channel, but I don't get to it enough. Is Hootsuite still like the go-to thing to do all those type of things on, or is it somewhere? Is there another app or something that's been developed over the last few years that makes that a little bit better? I, I'm really, I mean, I used Hootsuite in the beginning of the days, you know, in its beginning days, but. I just wanted to see if there's anything else that it makes that a little easier for such a small team. You know, eventually we're going to grow, um, but I would love to just have some type of tool to, to do that, do that thing right there. Yeah. So for social media, uh, I would say the top three tools are Hootsuite, uh, Buffer. That's the one that I'm actually using. And there's another one called Later, I believe. And they're, they're all kind of a, a, pretty equivalent in the features. Some of them are a bit more uh, convenient. Some maybe support other channels, but they all have the main channels. And uh, so I think they're all a good bet. Kelly, what, what about you guys? What do you guys use? We've basically used everything. Um, right now we're using, uh, you know, for scheduling tools, we use Loomly, we use Buffer. Um, we've used a lot of them. I mean, if you just have a couple of accounts, I mean, I don't even know how many we are managing right now. Probably... I don't even know how many, 70 or so or more. But um, but just for like your own, I think Buffer is pretty easy to use. Um, like, you know, that's what I think. I don't know. What do you think, Caitlin? Yeah, I was going to say Buffer and Later both have, uh, you know, free uh, options that, you know, even though they're free, they're not super limited. Um, yeah, of course, they're limited in some degree. But if you want to test out the waters, I think that those are very easy to use um and i know later gives some good analytical insight buffer just upgraded theirs too i'm not as familiar with it quite yet um because i haven't had a chance to play with it but i know that later uh when we were using it for some of our social had good insight for analytics so 
Yeah. Yeah. And we use, yeah, we've used Sprout and basically everything, but it seems like everyone just keeps coming back, <laughs> coming back to, um, you know, buffer, especially, you know, if, if you just have a couple of channels, um, and then, I mean, we can definitely share analytics. So Jacob, he's listening on his desktop, but Jake, Jacob's our, our head of analytics and he has all kinds of tricks and tools and software that we use. Um, we even, yeah, like measure volume around different conversations with some of the software we use too, which is pretty cool to see like how many people are talking about you or your space or <laughs> what you're doing. Alrighty. <laughs> so it looks like we are getting to the end. Uh, we've talked about everything from analytics to recording to repurposing podcasts, um, publishing to YouTube, audiograms, <laughs> blog posts, summaries, transcription, um, and then, you know, sharing that content out so that, you know, your guests, your speakers can also share it to help expand your reach. Um, this has been really cool. Thank you so much for coming on here. And, you know, this has been great. I can talk about this all day. I could literally talk about this all day. Usually we don't go over, but I think it's because I could talk about this all day. And I know you can too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised only that an hour, I'm surprised an hour passed. It actually felt like uh, half an hour. Yeah. Or yeah. an hour, more than an hour passed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, the one thing I do want to do Actually, um, you know, while I was kind of prepping for the session and creating this seven hacks, um, I really want to expand on these things. Maybe we can do kind of a joint, uh, maybe a blog post about all these summaries or, or, you know, we can actually implement everything we talked about, make a YouTube, turns to a podcast, blog post, everything with the top seven hacks that we all mentioned here and all the tools, names and everything. And um, that can be a, a great content piece which is all centered around this one conversation. Right, right. <laughs> we're going to take this conversation and we're going to turn it into 100 pieces of content, just like, <laughs> just like Gary V. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. We're going to Gary V all this, all of it. <laughs> all right. So if people want to get involved, I know you're in beta now. Um, what should they do? Uh, how can they find you? Um, what's the yeah, best so, stuff? Um, so I would say follow our Twitter page. That's probably the most relevant. I've pinned here at the top a link um, about our new Twitter space to YouTube product. And you guys can sign up to be on the waiting list for that. Uh, the beta is already pretty full. Um, but we'll be we'll launching the – we'll be giving to other users in the next few weeks. So definitely get a, get your place in that. And yeah, follow us on Twitter to hear more things. And uh, you can also follow me personally if you, uh, if you want. I also publish a lot through my personal account, but all the official stuff will be done through the Audio Labs account. So you can follow the account by opening the pinned tweet. And uh, Kelly, it's been really, really fun. And thanks for hosting. And uh, we should definitely do this again. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we will, <laughs> because every time there's a new feature, we'll definitely need to hop on and talk about it, because I think it's exciting. There are so many people using Twitter spaces right now. I think a lot of people can definitely benefit. So I, I have a, a little question for you, and I think it'll be interesting to hear the, what you think. How many people on Twitter do you think are hosting Twitter spaces? Let's say in the last month, they've hosted the space. Oh, my gosh. 
I know we had there's some analytics tool that we look at for that that shows everything, but I have no idea at this point. I haven't looked at it in a while. Do you know? <laughs> we have an, an internal estimate. Um, our estimate is between uh, it's it's five hundred thousand people. Whoa! What? Wow! I, That's crazy. I thought I thought it was originally more like fifty thousand. To be honest, I thought it was more like one thousand. <laughs> I thought it was more like one. <laughs> no, so apparently, you know, first of all, we have different countries where Twitter won't even show us spaces in other languages. Um, so a lot of things happening in the other languages, which we, we just we don't have access to. And uh, yeah, we already actually have a list of over three hundred thousand handles that hosted in the last month. And I'm sure we have only a fraction. I'm sure there's a lot more that we didn't. So yeah, there's a lot of things happening here. And we're going to see more also coming out in Facebook and LinkedIn Live and Reddit and all these other platforms. We'll, we'll also soon be supporting it fully. We're going to see millions or tens of millions of people hosting live audio sessions in the next few years. Yeah, so I think it's a, anyone here is an early adopter automatically. <laughs> right that's amazing right linkedin's getting into it too yeah which is super exciting because you know linkedin has 800 million active users a lot of businesses companies i assume will be used to um, find employees and uh, a lot of new business cases as well yes this is very exciting well yeah thank you again and Congratulations on starting another cool company that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm glad that you're part of it now. <laughs> I'm part of it. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for it. <laughs> and we, we'll definitely we have never to do forget this again. our beta members. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> and I'm very excited <laughs> to see this space on YouTube. I got an email from someone and it's going to happen. So I'm very excited. Very cool. excited. Very All right. Cool. Have a good rest of the day. All right. Bye, Kelly. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a great day, everyone.